and encourage your friends to join too. It's only $54 a year and it helps us keep the station on the air. You can join on our website www.j-air.com.au You are listening to J-Air 88FM You are tuned into The Havel Radio Station Everyone Loves J-Air88FM on air 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and online at j-air.com.au. Greetings, greetings, dear friends and listeners. This is Warren Wills for the London Beat on 88 FM. J Air going out in Melbourne Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Going out 11 hours previous in London Saturday night, 10 p.m. Actually sending this particular message in the opening... On Australia Day, January 26, which uh, has become such a divisive issue, um, it was to mark supposedly the, I think, the founding in 1788, is that correct? Um, someone can advise me if I'm wrong. Was it 1788, Captain Arthur Philip and all that stuff and hoisting the, uh, the Union Jack and all the rest of it? Well, we understand it's become very divisive, first of all, amongst um, the Indigenous community, and secondly, um, all those who... Um, have become quite incensed and irate, and there's a lot of um, cancelling of it. But um, I'm sure it's not beyond the wit of all Australians, um, irrespective of when the date is, to be able to do multiple things on this particular day and to acknowledge that um, things have gone on that um, perhaps um, have been in poor form and uh, where there has been a lack of empathy and a lack of acknowledgement and that we seek uh, to... um, to honour that uh, with a degree of respect and remembrance, uh, but also to offer out friendship and also to celebrate achievements and therefore to be able to positively and optimistically look forward as equal working partners and friends to move forward to try to make this place a much better place for everyone with, you know, with a sense of equality and, as I say, with empathy and friendship. Um, I notice that there's been a number of um, events on today and uh, put on by good friends and uh, with the three R's, respect, remembrance and resilience, and, which is great. I am mindful of the fact Jermaine Greer made the very famous quote that Australians seem to think um, they can solve problems by shuffling dates. It's not the date that is the issue, of course, it is the, um, the attitude. Um, and I think uh, perhaps the uh, the cavalier disregard and uh, selfishness of certain people, and um, but that's okay. We can we can all come together, and we will find a way to overcome the divide. Um, 
Uh, lots of things going on in the world. Massive storms going on in the UK. Massive um, oh, cold temperatures going on in Europe. Massive storms going on here um, in Queensland and uh, cyclones and all the rest of it. Um, I'm delighted to say, for those who listen to me um, going on about the fact that the ice didn't repack in Antarctica, and I thought, well, that's it. Certain extinction for the emperor penguins. Apparently, three particular groups have found new new nesting places in Antarctica, and it's been discovered by satellite. So, to their own resilience and uh, pursuit, and, and the evolutionist thing about the uh, strong will survive. Uh, congratulations to them. BBL, Big Bash League is finished here in Australia. Congratulations go to the Brisbane Heat. I'm mindful that the Paris Olympics are almost upon us. It will really see like summer in Europe before you can say boo to a goose. I noticed that um, by the time that you get this, we will know who is the female Australian Open victor between our large Belarus uh, previous victor, who's going for two, but we're not allowed to say that, but we know, so it's kind of a bit weird as well, Uh, and the Chinese opponent, and interestingly, the Chinese opponent, who is a great admirer of Li Na. Li Na, it was 10 years ago that she won her particular title. And am I right thinking there was a whole lot of controversy last year or the year before when a Communist Party high-ranking official apparently had an affair with her. She went online, then she disappeared, then it was censored, then she denied it, then it, oh, who knows. Oh, are we ever going to get past all this kind of stuff and nonsense?
I'm very minded, very happy to tell you that we had an All Abilities Day at the Australian Open Tennis, and yours truly attended with a blind delegation, and in fact, it was for a presentation of blind tennis that was organised by the Australian Open. It was for kids. I've got lots to say about it. I'm not going to say it this week because there's uh, really good things about it and there's some really bad things, uh, particularly the treatment of the kids themselves, the uh, allotments of the time that they had and the, uh, what looked like a rather cynical box-ticking exercise by the Australian Open organisers themselves. Uh, back on track with Ya Mo, a Thai heroine and we're looking forward to doing a musical project uh, in conjunction with the Australian and Thai governments this year. She was a bit of a heroine, a little bit like Burdika, and you'll be hearing more about that later. Congratulations, a huge call out to JB Jordan Brown over there in Gillingham in Kent. This man is excruciatingly talented doing the heavy lifting. Now, I, there are certain songs coming up this week. They weren't quite uh, synchronised correctly last week, but don't you worry. Uh, we do have Ailey Ailey. We do have some original compositions. Uh, we do have some fantastic interviews. It is going to be a good show and we do call out to Mr. Dick Gross whose show I haven't finished with you yet which was on here in Melbourne at the Alex Theatre will be winging its way next year to the UK something to look forward to we're getting ready to do a remembrance for Topol uh, he yes of Fiddler on the Roof uh, who also set up the fantastic Jordan River Village for disadvantaged children watch out for that the um the Oscars, uh, certainly the nominations, have been shouted out this week. And as everyone uh, expected, Oppenheimer and Barbie seem to get the most gongs. Though there is some controversy as to why with Barbie, uh, the female director and lead uh, were not nominated in their respective categories. Having said that, uh, Margot Robbie, whose idea it was, and who is extraordinary talent and a pushy kid and what a, a good Australian she is, um, produced herself with her own money. And, and to be fair, I mean, they are up for eight Oscars and as producer of the film for Best Film, um, in addition to which they, I mean, they already got their own desserts, I, I guess, because it was um, the largest grossing film um, of last year, which is an incredible achievement in its own right. So um, I'm not quite sure how neglected they feel or they don't feel. Um, as opposed to someone like uh, Mr. Nicholas Winton, who did an extraordinary job. If anyone's seen the film One Life, it's an amazing film celebrating the incredible act of Nicholas Winton, um, 
from London, uh, Hampstead Highgate, I seem to remember, who, inspired by his mother and the great belief that all people's lives um, are, clearly have value, went and uh, led the kinder transport of over 660 Jewish kids, managed to lure them away from their parents and an inevitable death at the hands of the Nazis and brought them into the UK, despite the, uh, the Foreign Office being incredibly uh, obstructive. Um, the Home Office wouldn't let them in. He had to forge visas, etc., then find foster families. It's an incredible story. Anthony Hopkins, uh, the eminent Anthony Hopkins plays uh, Norman Winton. It is a fantastic film. One Life, go and check it out. Glenn Maxwell, the Australian cricketer, is in trouble again for getting drunk, getting concussion, falling out of carts. He was at the World Cup and now he's been hospitalised for another drunken, boozy um, thing. Uh, COVID tests. Are people still doing them? Um, COVID has gone rampant again. Hospitals are full. Rather odd. Um, uh, call out to Candide, Leonard Burnside's Candide. Indeed, certainly doesn't get the same amount of um, uh, uh, hoo-ha and uh, pomp and ceremony as the um, the heavily accoladed and much-loved West Side Story. But Candy is a great thing, and Victoria Opera doing it, and that opens in the next couple of weeks. AFCON is on. AFCON, you're wondering what it is. It's the African, it is the African um, footballing. Uh, competition and uh, it sort of goes under the radar uh, which is a shame really because if it was the European Cup we'd hear all about it but because it's an African Cup we don't the great German Franz Beckenbauer who's in the illustrious company the very exalted and lofty company of people like Maradona and Pele Franz Beckenbauer passed away last week huge call out to Mandy Simons over there greetings to Adrian Silas greetings to the tireless and indomitable character that is the prodigious writer, Mr. John Fanden. Greetings. Sarah Snook, congratulations to her. Um, winning the Emmy for her performance in Succession, uh, which has done rather well. Uh, we start to launch two choirs. Uh, first one starts today, which is the Young World Choir. Anybody wishing to join, come on down. We're at Amar House. It's in 226 Kuyong Road over in Turak. That's the Young World Choir. Every Sunday, we are strutting our stuff. And a new one to boot at Vincent's Hospital, and we start rehearsals on Tuesday. That is 5.30 to 7 o'clock. It's the One Voice Choir. Uh, based at St. Vincent's Hospital. Yours um, truly taking two choirs on. Um, there are more elections happening this year. I believe there are more people likely to vote than at any other period in history when you consider that India is the largest democracy, is having elections, as is the USA. Oh, don't we know it. As is the UK. Oh, don't we know it. And, uh, and so on. But uh, watch out for all of that. I notice already, even in the Republican primaries, this uh, concern and fear of the role of AI in future elections is rather interesting. When people started to get phone calls in what sounded like the voice of Joe Biden instructing them not to vote because it wasn't for Democrats and they'd get their opportunity in November, it was AI. And I can only... Um, surmise there will be much more interference going on around the world in these elections and, and other insignificant matters when it comes to the role of AI. It seems uh, King Charles, the somewhat formally outspoken King Charles and environmental matters and other things, uh, by announcing the issues with prostate has actually prompted here in Australia a... Um, 
a rather huge uptick in men going to have their prostates checked. So the fact he has drawn attention, put a spotlight on this, is a rather good thing indeed. I noticed that Oscar Pistorius, yes, Blade Runner, the South African man, who didn't realise that his girlfriend wasn't in bed, didn't realise that she was actually in the toilet, and then opened fire repeatedly, not once, not twice, not thrice. Anyway, that shows no remorse, etc. He's out, he's free, there you go, he's out. Huge call out to Mr Alan Kogosovsky over here, the prodigious, the extraordinary, the wonderfully talented Chopinist whom we adore.
huge warm welcome back to all of our listeners for this week's edition of The London Beat coming to you from the pulsating centre of the West End, Piccadilly. And sitting opposite me, just a joyful actress singer wearing the most, you can't see her on radio, wearing the most divine hat. Welcome to the show, Janie D. Janie, how good to see you. Oh, Warren, it's so lovely to be with you. Janie, I must say, first of all, congratulations, bravo. Um, as a love letter to Stephen Sondheim, the late Stephen Sondheim, we've just, in the audience, enjoyed the most wonderfully uplifting, joyful, and in, do we need it, uh, last two and a half hours. What's it like for you up there on stage doing it? It is it's absolutely wonderful to be up there, too. We've, we've rehearsed for uh, a good four or five weeks, and some of us knew some of our material before we started, and, and there was new material material to learn but it's it's always been a joy to be with each other um i'm glad to say despite everyone's different careers uh, there's no egos in the room and uh it's been a great uh, great chance to if you like um learn again and uh work as a team you know i think all of us got used to being sort of in our own dressing rooms and doing right. our own show our own part whatever and now we have to work as an ensemble throughout as well as our solos, but you know, it's, it's a really, a very bonding experience. For those of us who know the, um, the material very well and know the context of the shows that it's in, listening to it rearranged for that ensemble of voices, how great to actually be working with new arrangements in what is a, uh, I don't know what the, I'm going to say, a, a listening, a plethora, I think it's a celebration of voices, is mm. probably the collective now. What's it like for you up there doing that? Well, uh, Stephen Metcalf did those uh, right. arrangements and uh, was constantly coming in and beavering away and listening to us and then going away again. And I saw him studying us and uh, I must say it is lovely to sing his harmonies and uh, beautiful they are especially Sunday I mean it just as soon as it actually I love that song anyway as soon right. as it starts it transports me into a completely different zone it's amazing what music can do isn't it I was going to say even with no sort of um, preparation just diving straight into uh, I suppose 15 minutes of Sweeney for example you were there you yeah. kind of got a microcosm, a taste, the joy of what sometimes about for each of the productions. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. I love, I have a little story going on in that. And uh, it's nice to approach each thing as if you were doing the actual, mm. that you take it seriously and you play the part, you know. Um, and it feels very rewarding, actually, to do the material. I love Stephen Sondheim. I think he's... He just has the ability to choose the right note for the feeling, for the word, for the feeling on the word. And it's um, never in any doubt. You know, when I was doing Follies years ago, and I said, can I just see the original, what he wrote originally? Where is there a pause there, or is, does he go straight on? And, of course, when you looked at it again, lots of people have done these things mm -hmm. over the years, and you, you hear it that way, and you think it's that way. But actually, going back to the original, it was really nice clean start to look at what he originally wrote it's fantastic now for our australian friends who are many who are over here at the moment how long's it on for how long are you with the production and looking into your crystal ball what lies ahead yeah so um we are definitely on until early january then bernadette peters i believe has to go back to america i think they are going to replace her with somebody else but right. we don't know for sure yet so right. you know it's something will probably be it'll be announced at some point um i think th at that point if somebody does come in and we can keep going i will be certainly staying till february and possibly march i 
I have an out because there's something I might have to do. Right. Um, and then, you know, if, if they said to me, do you want to go to Australia? I might be tempted. Jane, you haven't been to Australia? Not yet. And my uncle, you... Alex Miller, is, you know, I must come over and see him. Your uncle is a very great friend of a great friend of mine. Really? Ray Gator, the writer, a ah, philosopher. Ah, yes. Uh, who's very unwell at the moment. Oh, dear. Like uh, half the world since lockdown. And, oh yeah. But, um, all I can say... Bravo and what a joy. Have a fabulous show tonight. And for all of our listeners, whether you're a Sondheim aficionado or you're a Sondheim novice, come to London and come and check out Janie and her fantastic ensemble together. It is a great, it's an ensemble. There, as you rightly say, egos and all the rest of it. It's an ensemble piece and it's a joy, a, a massive live vocal love letter to Stephen Sondheim. Oh. Janie, have a fantastic run into the end of the year. Thank you for putting it so beautifully. We're going to pause and listen to some music. You are, of course, listening to this week's edition of The Love Beat.
and a huge warm welcome back to all our listeners for this week's London Beat. And we have a certain very special guest whom I haven't seen for so long, who is over there in the rather freezing tundra of London. Welcome to the show, General Manager of St Martin's Theatre, a long-time friend and great entrepreneur herself, Miss Denise Silvis. Denise, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. It's a great pleasure to be here. Denise, apart from freezing your socks off, you've been working with the mousetrap for years. How did you get involved with it at the start? Um, I have. I'm the artistic director, actually. Uh, right. I'm manager, but I'm, um, I, I was in it originally in 1994, then again in 2001. Um, and then I got asked to take over as artistic director in 2009 so I've been doing it ever since and I love it. Amazing and just so I know how many productions has it been and how long has it been running for? Uh, well we had our 70th anniversary on November the 25th 2022 so a very long time. Congratulations and bravo. Now tell me was there not all kinds of um, misgivings and trepidation during the lockdown that oh my god this might be it? No, God, no, no. We were very resilient. We were the first ones out of the trap. So when we, we put a show on, on May the 17th, 2021, 20, 20, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we, we started and we had two casts just in case COVID hit. Right. And so they alternated them a week on and a week off. And we did that for eight weeks. And wow. then had a full bank of understudies as well. And um, it was a exhausting feat but we did it and um, yeah I think it, it worked and it certainly brought audiences in. Well congratulations again. Now for our Australian audience now I'm not aware of any other mousetrap production prior um, coming to our fair shores particularly Melbourne but I do know that you're involved with international production so where has the mousetrap been once it's left St Martin's Theatre? myself to Shanghai twice. We did it in English and then I got seconded over there to direct it in Mandarin, which was a bit odd, but it was. <laughs> um, and then um, I took it to the Far East, so we went to Bangkok, Singapore and Kuala Lumpur. Um, and we've been on a tour of India twice and we're hoping to go for the third time this year. That is fantastic. Wow, the Chinese thing sounds uh, scary in the utmost. Now, what, what, what can Australian audiences expect? Is it going to be the exact production that is on in London, in the West End? I think it's slightly different. It's directed by someone else, but be very similar, I would have thought, which is, um, it's great. I wish I could see it. Um, I think they'll going to love it because it's got a lot of, it's got comedy, it's got, it's heartwarming, it's a thriller, as I think Christy always is, and they... The storyline is good, um, and hopefully they won't guess you've done it, which is always very good. Indeed. Now, listen, knowing that you're a woman who wears many hats and is quite an entrepreneur as well, looking into your crystal ball, what is what is on the horizon for Denise Sylvie during 2023? What, with the mousetrap or with everything? With everything. Any, any other artistic endeavours you uh, want to share with our listeners? Yes, I do. I'm opening, um, I'm opening the tour of the Mousetrap today in Norwich, um, so I'm going to drive there. But then on Thursday, um, I'm opening um, a tour of production called Woodhouse in Wonderland, which is a premiere of a, a new play about P.G. Woodhouse, um, which I'm very excited about. I've been working on since before Covid, 
So that's going out on the road and I saw a run of it on Saturday and it's very exciting and it's a one-man show starring Robert Dawes who was a star of the Jeeves and Worcester TV series with Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry. I don't know whether that hit Australia ever. But. No, but certainly both both Steve Fry and, and um, Steve Fry and Hugh Laurie in very different guides are certainly well known to the Australian audience. Well, Denise, all I can say is stay warm. Congratulations with the uh, huge ongoing success of the Mousetrap. Um, I hope that our certain our listeners will rush off to the Comedy Fiesta in Melbourne to go and see the Mousetrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to pause for some music. Huge thank you goes out to London, Denise Sylvie. Stay warm. And you've been listening to this week's edition of the London Beat.
Japanese moon landing. The Japanese have managed to put an unmanned vehicle within 55 meters of where they, 55 meters of where they thought it should land. It indeed has landed there. It does make one think, and I'm certainly not a conspiracist who thinks Stanley Kubrick was the director, and the whole um, 1967 moon landing with Neil Armstrong and NASA was faked. After all. Why should every country play into it? Um, if some people know about it, then everyone would know about it. However, it does strike me as rather strange that over 55 years on, with such exponential technological advances, that the USA, when trying to send an unmanned vehicle rocket up to the moon, it crashed, it came back in debris. I mean, so think about how primitive the technology would have been then. They managed to send three men up and they managed to get it right. Go figure. A uh, huge call out to Miss Janie D, the incredible, talented, the excruciatingly gifted Miss Janie D, spreading her stuff in the West End. Huge call out to Mr. Ilham Al Madfai, uh, the most fantastic and wonderful performer there. Uh, again, I'd offer my cap to the passing of the great Philip Headley from Theatre Royal Stratford East, who picked up the mantle after Joan Littlewood and was there for some 20 years at the helm passed away last week. I noticed that the woman in black is about to open in Australia at the Athenaeum, having been on, wow, in the West End for 20, 30 years perhaps. 20 or 30 years. I noticed Tim mentioned Groundhog Day, which I had the great pleasure in going to see with Mr Alec Glassum seven or eight years ago at the Old Vic in the Cutting Waterloo in London. Uh, is about to open as well to do a limited run over here. Groundhog Day. Go and see it. It's a great musical, actually. Um, yes, Australians of the Year, and the award went to Professor Georgina Long and Professor Richard Scolia. were named the Australians of the Year. Congratulations to both of them. Um, indeed, they work for... Um, the work, work yes, in cancer reduction, melanomas and such, uh, the University of Sydney Melanoma Institute of Australia. And their big mission is to stop glamorising suntans and trying to get people to start to be smart and sensible, use a bit of common sense about that. And um, he himself, while working on it, uh, that is a Professor Richard Scully, named Australian of the Year, Joint Australian of the Year, um, is in remission from brain cancer, would you believe? Goodness me. Um, Yes. Australian Open results, well, you, you know about it. But, interesting enough, there's an Australian Ebden, is his name, who was doubling with Rohan Bopana, who at the age of 43 becomes the oldest tennis player in the world to have the number one spot. People say, I've never heard of him. What do you mean? Is he a doubles player? Okay, he's a doubles player. Congratulations to Usman Kawaja. Um, Uzi, who's very outspoken on all kinds of matters outside of cricket who was named Cricketer of the Year by the ICC. And I noticed that Travis Head and Alex Carey and Mitchell Stark and Patrick Cummins were also put into that lot. We have a very busy show. Gosh, lots of things going on in the world. But again, whatever it is you're doing, however you feel about it, um, certainly as I'm sending this out to you on January the 26th, and it goes out and broadcasts on the 28th, a very peaceful, kind, loving, undivisive, inclusive, respectful Australia Day to all of you. You are, of course, listening to this week's edition of The London Beat.
right now, staggered and stumbled our way into 2024, and here we are standing. It's all over my feet at the moment. Yes, now, um, big thanks to JB, Jordan Brown, for that incredible composition that we just heard. The man is <coughs> limitlessly talented, I think it's fair to say. Um, and uh, I hope to see him very, very soon when uh, back in London in April uh, for a slightly longer haul. Isn't it funny how David Cameron... That slippery, slithery character, that smarmy, charming ex-Prime Minister, who, um, yes, was so bold in uh, suggesting um, Brexit and EU and the referendum, and uh, yes, we saw where that gone, and uh, off he went, and he's been brought back. There he is. He's the star of the ball. Uh, five years in the uh, wilderness, writing the memoirs that will no doubt net him a fortune, and uh, he's back. Now, what I don't oh, listen, I need to raise something here. It's this thing about subtle change, but of significant things where no one has a say in it, and there's no public announcement to formally make it known that the change is happening, but it happens in a subtle way, and before you know it, we all have to accept it whether we like it or not. What am I referring to? Well, things like you know, uh, people's grandparents in this country fought and died for a um, style of government and politics and justice and a legal system that uh, that we had, that we thought uh, gave us certain values and freedoms, like trial by jury, which has disappeared by stealth since the lockdown. And uh, whether it's VCAT or the High Court, many, many trials are being done in front of a judge or a magistrate and there's no trial by jury anymore. And uh, it's not a secret, it's not subterfuge. You can look into it and find out, and lawyers are happy to tell you that. But it hasn't been like, oh, there's a formal announcement that on a, uh, the Prime Minister comes out that on uh, March the 17th this year, I just am informing you that uh, trial by jury has been scrapped. Or a little bit like um, a cashless society. Uh, yes, all currency will be useless. Uh, from June the 3rd this year, we are becoming an entirely cashless society. I don't like the idea because it's too easy to punish people and just uh, exclude them from society. When you've got cash, you know you've got it. It has a value. And you go to sleep, you wake up, and there it is, and you have it. Yes, you have certain assets and values, online banking and on your credit card, but woe uh, behold you if indeed... You wake up one morning and you cannot get in. And you go to the um, ATM and you can't access it. There's no human beings to speak to. What are you going to do then, huh? Indeed. A huge call out and thank you to Janie D. Tremendous talent and actress and human being uh, in Old Friends. <clears throat> the sometimes show in the West at the moment. Fantastic. And Denise Sylvie, who is, um, yes, looking after a little show uh, called The Mousetrap. Just been running for 75 years. Yes, we say a fond farewell and goodbye. Things have changed. <clears throat> we get used to continuity and stability. And here in Melbourne, Peter Hitchener was the anchor for the Channel 9 News as Neil Mitchell was on 3AW, and they've gone. I want to call out something to the innings of the century, Glenn Maxwell, last year against Afghanistan. That was the innings that you will, you can't believe. For what was it, 7 for 91 or something, and they needed another 200, and in a partnership of 200, Pat Cummins made five, and... <clears throat> And Maxwell couldn't walk, and he was on one leg, and every shot. I mean, it was unbelievable. I'm absolutely mind blown. Yeah, Tina Turner, simply the best. She's gone. Yes, Tim Berners-Lee, the man who invented Wi-Fi. Yes, the internet. Um, didn't want any money for it. It was his gift to mankind. Can you believe that? What would he say about all the misinformation, social media, all the nonsense that is going on at the moment? 
on his a little device that has changed the world. David Attenborough, is the man eternal and immortal? Are we going to get the um, awful news like we did with the Queen, who we just assumed would go on living forever and ever? The man is still working. He's, what, 96 this year? Unbelievable. The Oscars will soon be upon us. And yes, Barbie and Oppenheimer, they say, will go head to head. I'm far more interested, though. There's been some, um, whether it's... um the Leonard Bernstein film or One Life about Nicholas Winton or the Golden Meir film with um, Helen Mirren or Napoleon uh, which I haven't seen, I haven't seen the Golden Meir but there's some interesting uh, biopics Whatever happened to Imran Khan? He's in prison. The most popular, most beloved man in Pakistan, 70% of the popular vote has gone. You'll never hear from him again. The Beatles had a number one last year. Will they have any more number ones? Probably because of AI. And that in itself is something. We're going to close the show out with a, a composition which is not original, but it yours truly has done an arrangement of it. It's My God, My God. And this is for all denominations. Eli, Eli. See you next week. This is 88FM JRUR, of course. Listen to Warren Wills and this week's edition of the London Beat. Thank you.
committed to diversity and inclusiveness for the Jewish and broader community. j-air.com.au 
Step into a world of authentic Greek flavours at the Mediterranean Greek Tavern, a family business based in Elstonwick for over 22 years. Enjoy freshly grilled souvlaki, seafood or a traditional Greek banquet. The welcoming atmosphere and family-friendly environment will make you feel right at home, as if you're part of the family. Phone 9530-0396 to make a booking or to inquire about a function. The Mediterranean Greek Tavern, 511 Glen Huntley Road, Elstonwick. Your home for fresh, traditional Greek food.